It's time now to welcome in Rebecca Felton, Senior Market Strategist, Portfolio Manager, Riverfront Investment Group, to take a look at what we are watching here. Earnings season. How about that, Rebecca? Um, you know, so far, so good, right? For the most part, it's. It, I know there's been some lowered expectations or some easy comps from 2020, of course, because everything was shut down. But what are your thoughts? I mean, what are your takeaways? Well, good morning, Nicole. Um Obviously, it has been a remarkable earnings season, and we have seen some of the highest levels of beats uh, in terms of relative to expectations than we've had in years, particularly when you look at some of the technology companies where there were so much already baked in in terms of expectations for good news. So it has been remarkable also with respect to consumer discretionary because we know that the consumer is healthy and spending and still has cash on the sidelines in terms of that savings rate. So very encouraging across the board. So very encouraging. What does it mean and how, you know, it's good start, right? And we're seeing up arrows even this morning. So what does it mean when you're trying to position a portfolio? How do you decide what might be a winner or a loser, you know? Well, we've been uh, fairly balanced in terms of our approach. You know, this year has been, uh, there's been much about the growth value paradigm and which side of that do you play. But what we've tried to do is keep a healthy mixture of both. And depending on the uh, time horizon for the strategy, we're still overweight technology, specifically in software and services. We have certainly added back to consumer discretionary inside of industrials. We are looking at infrastructure. Um, and we have neutralized areas such as uh, materials and energy but we are still not overweight there um, just because it's still sort of a show me uh, for us in terms of uh, those types of sectors. But it is going to be interesting, I think, as we move further into 2021, particularly when you look at the uh, landscape for 2022, because we're starting to see earnings revisions downwards for 2022. Uh, a, a week or so ago, the growth rate for next year was expected to be about 15 year over year. Now it's down to about 12.5%. Um, and that's owing largely to uh, concerns about price increases, uh, labor shortages, raw material shortages, and that sort of thing. And it's really not even taking into account necessarily the proposed corporate tax hike. Yeah. Are you worried about the proposed corporate tax hikes and how that might affect the market? Well, the devil's in the details, right? And generally, uh, what the market does is like is in right now, uh, still a lot of unknowns in terms of how bipartisan it will actually be. We've certainly seen both sides of the aisle on the talk shows talking about what they will or won't do. And there are apparently a lot more negotiations going on. But we know that Speaker Pelosi wants a bill on the table in terms of this infrastructure by around July 4th. And of course, she got the August reset done, and there's still a lot of details to be worked out. So we are what we like to call realistically optimistic um, because we're still risk on in terms of our portfolio positioning, but we certainly have an eye on the details as, as this thing starts to shape up. I see. Okay. Well, you mentioned some areas that in your balanced portfolio, growth value, you mentioned um, tech, healthcare, infrastructure. Tell me a little bit about more about the tech breakdown. You started to mention how you're breaking it down because it's not just tech, right? Um, there's certain areas mm -hmm. of tech that you may like more than others. Tell me about that. 
Well, we're, we're still playing some of the big tech software services themes. And of course, when we saw those, some of those earnings come out last week, you saw better earnings and revenues just because of the acceleration of digitization across the board. So we, there's still a lot more growth and consistency of growth in software and services which we like. We're still probably underweight semiconductors. So in terms of what we prefer, um, we're going with consistency over cyclicality. Um, inside of consumer discretionary, it's it's pretty much um, uh, some, some big box names, some uh, recovery plays and that sort of thing. And then in, in terms of healthcare, we're still sticking more with devices over pharma. That's sort of the way we're shaping up there. That's interesting. I, I think it's really interesting. So devices over pharma in healthcare, right? So nothing about the vaccine, more about medical devices and putting in your you know, pacemaker and things that people will need going forward, I guess. Um, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the consumer discretionary comment you made. And you talked about big box. So tell me what you think the consumer is facing. I know we have a jobs report on Friday. People, uh, you know, are starting to feel more optimistic about the reopening. It's so important for a consumer discretionary to see a strong consumer, right? Absolutely. And, and I think that we just uh, really don't have the ability to necessarily fully appreciate pent-up demand. Uh, we are still watching uh, in that space uh, potentially for, for even more exposure there, particularly when we think about the recovery expected in the services area, in hospitality. Uh, that's sort of the, the last piece of it to fall, although with uh, consumer confidence building and some of the survey data in terms of restaurants, uh, bookings of, of travel and that sort of thing, you're seeing pickups there. And of course, we are seeing more spending on, um, on apparel as people are, are buying clothes again because of that whole idea of going back to work in person and or travel. Yeah, I know what you're saying. And plus, a lot of people got nice stimulus checks, too, which has helped some of the retailers and things like that. Tell me about near-term risks, because, you know, everybody's so excited about the reopening and getting back in New York July 1st. It's going to be full force. Okay. But are there risks to the market, at least? Well, as I mentioned, we are realistically optimistic because we do follow a process and we have a risk management discipline as part of our overall uh, investment process. But part of that is our proactive tactical piece, and that's the three rules. I'm sure you've heard us talk about it before. Don't fight the Fed. Clearly, Chairman Powell uh, reiterated last week, not yet, in terms of change of policy. And we know that they'll probably telegraph well in advance of any changes there. But what has us concerned are the other two pieces of it. Uh, the S&P 500 200-day moving average is moving higher, and that's always positive, but we believe it's moving at a, at a pace that may be unsustainable. And of course, um, investor sentiment is in that overly optimistic camp, regardless of whether you're looking at weekly or daily, and that does have us worried. So um, it would be it would be normal, I think, for us to see a pullback here, um, and, and you might see us take risk off the table uh, for, a, a, for a minute, but we would expect um, uh, the market to uh, resume that upward trend because you do have such strong economic fundamentals in place. And of course, um, that's across the board, everything from employment uh, getting better yeah. to the housing numbers um, and, and the like. I thought it was interesting within the tech sector, you said you like software services more than semis. And mm -hmm. um, I respect that. At the same time, 
there's so much talk about the semis, right? And the chip shortage and how long it will last. And maybe they might even have some pricing power, but you're not interested in touching that story too much. Why? It's, it's really more about, again, um, the, the quality of earnings and sticking with consistency versus that deep cyclicality that you can get into with semiconductors, particularly for uh, clients who are in a shorter time horizon who may be more conservative. That type of volatility can be a little unsettling. So that's why we're sticking with what we would call the quality area of the sector. I think that's really interesting. I haven't really heard anybody break it down in that way, Rebecca. So thank you for that. It's always great to chat with you. We really appreciate it. Rebecca Felton, thank you. Senior Market Strategist, Portfolio Manager, Riverfront Investment Group.